it's been a couple of times when I've been going in to edit stuff and I see an errant butt. I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. And it's time for episode number 213 of Video Games Hot Dog, a Ooh. podcast about video games in this room. Spooky and 213. Oh, right. Riff, you're spoiling the illusion. People oh, think no. we're all sitting around a fireplace, throwing champagne flutes onto the bricks. I think people would be shocked if they learned how many different rooms we are in when we record this podcast. Mm-hmm. Our father's podcast has many rooms. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, you're back. Hi. Yay. How was your How was your time away? It was pretty good. Last week's show was five minutes long without you. Yeah, I listened to it uh, because it was so short. I listened to it at half speed. Oh. <laughs> and Zach sounded very drunk and morose. Everyone <laughs> okay. else just sounded like they were at half speed. Okay. <laughs> Last week, I did not drink at all. I didn't start drinking until after the podcast. Well, it was because of the half speed thing. It right. was because you were speaking like very very slowly like you're enunciating your words very clearly you're not making this up this is what it, like try it try try pitching <laughs> you, it but you really did listen to it at half speed yeah because it yes i did it was just that fuck it i'm doing it it okay. wasn't a, i don't have a good reason for it so it's like drunk jeff goldblum yeah actually yeah very much like that the fact that they can adjust the speed uh, of of pod, Jeff Goldblum, of, of Jeff Goldblum, of podcasts without uh, adjusting the pitch, yeah. is, mm. is super interesting. Yeah, that's a that's a ongoing area of research. Yeah, uh, it's still not perfect. No, there's definitely artifacts of some form, but it is remarkable how it seems fine. I edit yeah. at two x usually, and the thing that gets me is I read a thousand times faster than I speak when I'm just normally speaking. And so oh, right. though that is, that is incomprehensible to me. So Try I have to slow it down. If I like, I know sometimes I'll, I'll be reading a question and I will fuck up and, blah, 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 and start over. And I usually edit those out. Uh, I, uh, and all the profanities and, and racial epithets. And stuff. I listened to a, the first episode of the allusionist and had a really hard time understanding it at two X because they speak very quickly. But they're both speaking quickly and in a uh, heavy accent. Aha. Mm. Uh-huh. It and seems like that, overthinking it would be hard to process at 2x, too. No, really? that's not too bad. Hmm. They use a lot of big words, so you have a lot of time to understand what the words mean. Overclocking it. Yeah. <laughs> well, just listening to their to their uh, their their shared question on the uh, video game advice hot dog, video games advice hot dog, <laughs> on, on, the, on the recent advice hot dog podcast uh i don't know it seemed like they were talking kind of fast but i liked that episode of advice hot dog i thought that it was terrible and when i went i was like i remembered i put off editing it and releasing it for a long time because i was like man we were bad at that when we got back together but uh once i once i put it out there i was like you know maybe that was okay and everyone should be listening to it yeah that's true riff you should come be a guest on advice hot dog yeah yeah i have do that I have found that my perception of how good a podcast is, is very different from when I just finished recording it to when I listened to it. Yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of that is just like my own personal performance. Like at the end of the podcast, I feel like I'm thinking mostly about the things that I said, mm-hmm. um, but I'm taking the whole thing in when I listen to it. Okay. Um, 
And so like, if I feel like I did a good job, then I will have a much higher, um, esteem for the podcast after recording it. It's only ever better for me. I never leave here thinking, oh, that was great. And then I listen to it on edit and I'm like, nope, that was dumb. (laughs) I mean, I probably should perceive that. (laughs) Yeah. You know what people like it when you talk about on a podcast? Their questions. Podcasts. Does anybody want to talk about anything before we start doing listeners' mails, mans? We can just do things in whatever order we want. We can, we can, in the middle of somebody's question, we can start talking about packs. Cunning uh, Gabe says, hi, Kevin. I've been enjoying your word puzzles. Can oh. you tell us a little bit about your design process? To what extent do you use computer-assisted search for finding good candidate words once you have a rule in mind? Uh, I... All of the computer assisted <laughs> searches. <laughs> what do you what what tools do you use? Do you use morewords.com? I don't really. Uh I use that dictionary that you pointed me to, which okay. I forget the name of. That's pretty good. It's I think it's just the free dictionary. The free dictionary. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go to it right now. Yeah, thefreedictionary.com. <clears throat> yeah. It has phrases. You have to be it. very careful about how you push the buttons because it doesn't work if you don't do it right. Like if you push the radio button that says starts with and then type a word in and then hit enter. It doesn't actually do that. Yeah. You have to hit the arrow and then it will give you the stuff that starts with. Yeah. It's, uh. it's a goofy website. Um, uh, but I use that. I use a lot of grep. I use a lot of grep. Do you just have text files of words? Of dictionaries. Okay. Yeah. It's, I mean, just like, you know, Are reg- you like reg- a grep lord? Regular. You know, no, I'm not. Do a you know lord. all of the regex? I don't. I, I, but, but I know enough regular expression stuff to be able to, to, to grep through some dictionaries. Um, and so that, that works out pretty well. Morewords.com is great for a lot of things. Yeah. It's, it, it's definitely a, a reasonable tool. It doesn't like, it doesn't help me with a lot of the stuff that I am looking for a lot of the time, but whenever it returns more than two thousand results, it gives no results, which is that's a frustrating. Thing that makes me wish that I just, I mean, it makes me wish that I spent the time just reconstructing all of those tools to work on right. our servers. Where Zach, so Zach has written a, a a couple of tools for me to use. Um, one just generates puzzles on its own, which I haven't actually ever used any of those just straight up, but it's it's a neat. Uh, it's a neat idea. It just sort of parses through a dictionary looking for potential puzzles and then gives you one. That's great. When, that's, whenever it's good. Whenever you make a puzzle that I think, oh, okay, you could programmatically generate puzzles of this type. I f- think about doing that, and one time I did it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I need, I need a dictionary of two word and three word phrases. Yeah. I need an anthology of three word yes. phrase. <laughs> So that I can have a coffee table version of that cool dice comic. Uh, wow. What else? What, what, other, what other insights can you share with our listeners about your puzzle process? It Today's become, puzzle, you just stole an idea from me. Yep. Basically, you said something once and I wrote it down and then I, <laughs> I went and actually did a bunch of research. Because this is an ambiguous as fuck. Today's puzzle is ambiguous as fuck, honestly. And so I had to, I like in constructing it, I wanted to make sure that it was as, as least, the least ambiguous it could possibly be. So I found the things that were sort of the, the, the most exemplar of the category that I was looking for. Um, which category might not even exist. Right. To, sure. The, yeah, these, these are, these are the things that I think scholars, I think agree are the most likely things, but there are, 
This one was weird. Today's was weird because it was just like a weird trivia question and kind not of, really. Yeah. Yeah, although it's Googleable is the thing. Right? Yeah, that's so. Do you consider just mm. typing the list of words into Google to be cheating? No. I Will think you ever is, write a puzzle that you expect people to do that? I expect people to do that all the time. Okay. I, I'm assuming that people will do that. Like, I think a lot of mine, that won't help, which is fine. But there are definitely a lot of the, the like, so I have like one of the three that I've ever solved worked that way. I just happened to already know. Right. What the exactly. was. Yeah. Uh, the. When, whenever there's one like that, I like to submit answers that confuse are, people more. <laughs> yeah, you've, people people have specifically yeah called you out for yeah, being an asshole. People are really angry about <laughs> coins. Yeah, <laughs> both Tom Francis and uh, and Jenny were yeah. like, what? and Tom Francis's dad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've never met you, but uh, you pissed him off already. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like, well, and that's the, other, so the other thing I'm a little worried, like, you know, oh no, if it got popular, oh no. But, uh, if, if a lot of people started responding, like, especially to like categories that I wasn't particularly familiar with every single answer, I have to look up to see if it's valid or not. And I feel like that could become a full-time job if things got out you of hand. An intern. Sure. Yeah. I need to, to pay an intern less than what I make for doing well, this. I mean, zero is less than you make. Isn't it? I don't know. You're the business manager. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I, I mean, the the first couple of puzzles in a week are are generally relatively easy to construct because I've, I've, I'm basically trying to, to, to keep three puzzles a week to a more or less a formulaic kind of style and then one relatively novel but not inapproachable and then one really hard and that's the one that's been taking just sort of longer and longer to construct every week it took i think two hours two and a half hours to construct this week's and then next week's was even worse and the week before that was like two hours so it's like it's just it's but now you're on the hook because people expect it and people will be sad if it doesn't happen that's true so yeah, eventually, wrote, eventually it will take an entire week to construct one puzzle and then I'm doomed. Sorry. You just need more interns. Okay, sure. Paul wrote regarding fig and Kickstarter successes, FTL 10 K backers, 200 K funded 2 million owners on steam. Also available on iPad. I'd call that a huge success. Elite is massive. Wasteland, Shadowrun, Banner Saga, also all clear successes. Right. But what, wait, what was the, so my question was, yeah, how likely is it that a, that a, an extremely successful crowdfunding campaign for a game results in a bunch of sales of that game uh, later. And I think pointing at a list of a six, a handful of successful yeah. games, like I would not, I like the guy who gave 10 grand to Ouya, his stake in that would not be worth anything. Right. Like, I don't think an investor would have given 10 grand to Ouya. Like, I, I, I think the, the fact that there are a half a dozen successes you can point to, that's enough to say that this is, it is possible to succeed. And at that point, it's just a matter of making smart decisions. Right. I just wonder, 
of the really successful Kickstarters, how many of them made significant money post the Kickstarter? I mean, it's great when a Kickstarter is successful and a thing gets made, but like what proportion of wildly overfunded crowdfunding projects make like more money than that? later yeah i would i would argue that it is a very very small percentage we need to know as many failures as we would need to know about the successes yeah figure that out sort of you know they should they should do a kickstarter for skype right they should do a kickstarter to make something that's like skype only not fucking garbage (laughs) have you guys tried using the phone system Oh, we the have. phone is awful, though. The no. sound quality on you know landlines are great. Oh yeah, landlines are wonderful if if you have one, which no one does anymore. We did for a while when we first moved to San Francisco. We had to get a fucking landline to do remote podcasts because that was the only way to like reliably talk to somebody with our terrible internet. It's on the same wires. We just had sort of like shitty DSL, yep. SDSL they call that. uh let's see funny snake 100 writes for clicker slash wait around games like ojimon how do you feel about changing your system clock in order to get a boost if you could trick alpha bears into having their wait time reset would you what about for animal crossing i consider that to be like not a thing that i would do yeah like i don't think that you're unethical for doing it but to me like if you're not playing the game that they made, yeah, just are, go play something else. Even, like, don't. Yeah, why are you bothering? I never, I never did I, that on Animal Crossing, except for in one very particular instance where uh, my friend Jenny was also playing Animal Crossing, and she had one particular neighbor that she really loved, and she wanted to quit playing animal crossing because it was taking up too much of her time but she didn't she felt bad about leaving this character all alone so so we played with the system clocks in order to get that character to move into my town is that a thing you can do? Oh. Yeah. I thought you were going to say she just ran the time forward until that character died, <laughs> and then she felt okay. Yeah, it's there's like this trick you can do where if if a if a character in your town is about to move out and another player visits your town on the day that they are like the day that they've got all their shit packed up in cardboard boxes and are going to be gone tomorrow, then the visiting player can talk to that character and convince them to move into their town. So, so we used, we used, uh, a lot of time resets to, uh, to make that to, happen. Yeah. To make that happen. So, but you wouldn't consider your like weird start a new character find out if this person is i feel like that's that's that is on the the border of cheating but it was necessary to do in order to make the thing i wanted to do work to not fuck up your chessboard the important thing is that that was necessary to make this other game that you wanted to play whereas like something like ojimon so much of the so much of the pleasure of that game is the anticipation of new things right Hmm. that if you skip the anticipation you're skipping the game Man, anticipation is a great thing, too. I got this, um, there's this company that I did a Kickstarter that were, or well, that I paid to a Kickstarter for recently called the Mysterious Package Company. And they do a thing where they have like these elaborate, um, 
frequently Lovecraftian sort of stories that are told by mailing you a, a small package of, of documents or a letter every few weeks. That's nice. Uh, until it sums up with the, the, the final part of each story is like a physical artifact that they mail you nailed up inside a wooden crate. <laughs> Have you started and getting not, those for the one that we... Not for the one that was kickstarted, by, but I ordered, I ordered one of the other ones they do. And they sent me, I've, I've received the wooden crate, but it's just, even just as a thing nailed inside a crate and not knowing what's in there, it's interesting enough that I've had it for like three weeks and haven't, haven't opened it yet. What do you mean nailed up in a crate? It's, it's, <laughs> like, it's inside a wooden crate filled with like straw or whatever the old So you need a crowbar is. to yeah, open it? you need like a crowbar or a, or a hammer to, to open it. Wow. Or termites and time. Yeah. <laughs> More anticipation. Yeah. 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 How, how big is this crate? Oh, uh, let's see. It's, I'd say on the... No, you've got the, it right next to you. That's yeah, great. Yeah, well, it's, I can, it's on top of a shelf. It's, you uh, sleep with it. I'd say it's six to eight inches square on the narrow ends and maybe a little over, maybe like a foot and a foot and a half long. Okay. So it's a scepter of some kind or... Yeah, or a bottle pot, of or, wine. Or, a little, or, or like a little statuette or something. Oh. Yep. But yeah, just having, having that mystery sitting on the shelf is, has, been, has been enough for me for a while. So if you had a Christmas present I, that you just then kept for like yeah, two or three months. Yeah, it's similar to that. I always enjoyed the part of Christmas where all the stuff is wrapped up under the, under tree. the tree and you don't know what's in there. Yeah. That's that's one of the great things about Christmas. I didn't enjoy that as a kid. I, I enjoy that as an adult. Yeah. Delayed gratification is one of my favorite things, eventually. Yeah, <laughs> will, yeah it will be one of your <laughs> favorite things. Uh, Colby Buck writes, how old am I? Well, your question is from January 24th of 2015, so you're at least seven months old. Huh. Do you think this is a person who is suffering from amnesia? Mm. Or are they... Testing our psychic abilities, or like, what is but the I mean, what is the purpose of this question? If he doesn't know, then how would he confirm our answer? He'd have to like cut himself just in take, half and count the rings, right? Or you could just assume that our answer is authoritative. Oh, okay. You could be asking a whole bunch of people, and so our answer is just riddle. one of many he just data points that we know, and he wants to find out. Right. Hmm. Maybe one of us is his dad. Oh. I hope it's not. What's me. his name again? Colby. Okay, I wouldn't call somebody yeah, Colby, so he's not my kid. Shaquille O'Neal writes, "Wee wee wa wee wee wee." <laughs> what song is this? So, okay, here's a question: Do you think that that was an attempt to just to to figure out what a song was, or is it a riddle? Oh. And the first person to solve it gets a prize. Oh, has have you have you tried decoding the Wawi Wa as Morse code? <laughs> oh, uh-uh. that's a, that'd be good though. If the we we is a dot and Wa is a dash, although it's only a couple letters. <laughs> Shaq used to do weird arg things where he would just like post to Twitter that he was like standing on a corner in Phoenix, and anybody who came could just hang out with him. <laughs> really? Yeah. He was, Sha Shaquille O'Neal was a really early 
Twitter adopter and was like really into it. Like, I feel like he was doing it on a feature phone. Okay. Um, That's fun. Yeah. Did you, do you guys see the, uh, I forgot the guy's name, Ryan North, I think the dinosaur comic stuck in a hole. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. The little, little text adventure he ran on Twitter where he was actually stuck in a hole in real life. Yeah. I think, I think I was responsible for directing him to the fact that there was a meta filter article about it, (laughs) which he then (laughs) mentioned in some of the interviews. Have you guys been playing any of the video games? Uh, I've pretty much, other other than the game that you are going to talk about, I've pretty much just been playing Pokemon. I spent about, like, five days constructing a really slick-looking and elaborate uh, PDF document uh, to explain all of the rules and have basically just been testing them and making sure there aren't any weird corner cases before I release the rules to the public so what does that mean does that mean that you have played through pokemon multiple times now with your rule set i am in the process of playing through yeah of of playing through with my rule set it's 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 going to take a while because it's by its nature it's a slower game than playing it as you normally would do you is it portable to any of the various pokemon games and and here's another question actually is it uh is it a thing that you could can you win each Pokemon with your method or is it possible to lock, to lock yourself into a losing state? I think it's possible to, to permanently destroy yourself. Um, I mean, well, okay. It theoretically is, but you'd have to, you'd have to fuck up really badly to do that. And when you say that, do you mean the random, your randomness would have to fuck you? Yeah. The, you would have to, you would basically, how do I put this? You, you would have to get screwed by the random number generator and also have f- totally failed to take any steps to prepare for that possibility. Okay. So not only would you have to get screwed by the RNG, you would have to also screw yourself by, by not having a plan B available. You guys, I just want to observe that leaving the room and coming back in, like, let's say you go to get some more whiskey like I just did, and then walking back into this studio uh really drives home the extent to which this room smells like old farts. (laughs) It's really, really gross. I, I honestly didn't notice it. It's like, you know how sometimes you get into your car and you sit on the you sit on the seat of your car and it puffs some air out and you're like, hmm, I fart in here a lot. And that is the smell of old, old, old farts. So is it possible that it's just that portion of the couch that smells just like that? Just the part that I fart into a lot? Yeah. I, you know, you and I, for a really long time. Many years. We had a fart armistice. Yep. <laughs> where pharmacist. A pharmacist. A pharmacist, you call that. Uh, um, where I would not fart in your office and you would not fart in my office. Yep. And... I treat the studio as a shared office for us. Like I feel like. What about I, our current shared office? No, I fart in there. <laughs> like there's, I have to. Okay. I mean, where else am I going to go? Well, you'd have to leave the room, and it would be really annoying. Yeah, yeah but there's more people I mean, in the other room. Since it's a rooms. shared office, sure. that's your office. It's not a rule against farting in, far, farting in offices that you are in. It's just you don't fart in offices that aren't your own. Okay, right. that's true. Yeah. Okay. I remember being like eight 
and being told that I should like just just try leaving the room before farting. You know, try go go somewhere where people aren't <laughs> sure. and fart outside of their presence. And then I just started like like going and doing that and coming back like acting really satisfied with myself, like making it really obvious that I just farted. <laughs> and like, this, that's slightly disturbing to all the people that you return to. It yeah. was definitely not like not considered to be an improvement, right? <laughs> yeah. You really got to wait a while because you'll bring it back with you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That too. Anyway, the studio smells really, really bad and we should do something about we that. We should open, we can open the window. Mm-hmm. We can, we can do yeah. it right now. There's a lot of people on the street. There's a, there's a, there's a, some sort of a We might kill them with happening. the smell. Yeah, we might kill them with the smell of old farts. <laughs> there's anyway, also, there's also some, some softball happening across the street and. Okay. There's all, there's all kinds of noise going on in this neighborhood. It's a city. It's vibrant and alive. It is. Anyway, Riff, you should record this so I can watch it, because I don't want to do it myself. Oh, the Pokemon thing. Yes, oh. not the farts. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how I would record off of my Game Boy Advance, but oh, I, right. I, have, yeah. I have been taking uh, using my phone to take screenshots every time I beat a gym trainer. I don't think a photo so. of a screen is a screen. Well, no, maybe yeah, it is. See? That's, that's, what the, that's where the word came from. Were you sending... Oh, I guess it does. It, just, it did. Were you sending screenshots to Activision to get your patches when you were a kid? <laughs> oh, you know, something that I forgot to tell you guys about. I read uh, Armada by Ernest Cline, oh, the, the second how, novel how by it? the guy that wrote. It was fine. Yeah. Uh, it was... Does it, does it have any of the same joy that the his first book did? It's... Hmm. I don't know. It seems very I mean, qualified. I mean, I guess the answer is, I guess the answer is no. If so, it, It's very much more video gamey than just general culture, but it's, okay. it's really more of the same. I mean, it's like nerd wish fulfillment. So, so all the people that were really complaining about Ready Player One are going oh, to yeah. have Any, all like the same anyone, complaints. Yeah. Anyone who is being a shithead about Ready Player One on the, like, Basically, anyone who is a shithead on the internet about Ready Player One is just like, hey, uh, genre fiction is bad and no one should be allowed to enjoy it. And that's a position that I fundamentally disagree with. And I also kind of think that if you, you know, I'm sure that even on this very podcast, there are a billion counterexamples. But I do kind of think that if you don't have anything good to say, like you could maybe just not say anything. Good as in your statements are interesting criticism or good as in if you can't say anything positive? <laughs> I mean, I I guess I don't see the point of people on Twitter just like being shitty about an entertainment product in a way that's not insightful. Say this is this is just like making fun of Family Guy for being like referential humor, like. Okay, so that's not your thing. Don't watch it. Is it ironic that they are referring to something that they are then? <laughs> Any, anybody dissing. talking about anything else is guilty of this. Right. If you liked Ready Player One, maybe Armada's fine. I mean, it's it's very it's it's just sort of like, you know, it's that classic tale told for, again and again throughout history of the last of the Starfighter. Um, okay. It, like it's just the last Starfighter. I mean, oh, that's, I, I like the last Starfighter. Yeah, I mean, you might like it, and it takes like three hours to read. It's just like it's just bubblegum. Does it have a gross flesh mannequin in it? Uh, that <laughs> man. Oh, God, I want. 
I want that video game. With the last Starfighter? Yeah, I want that last Starfighter video game that I described. It would be so good. It would be so good. Someone needs to make that game. That's true. We need to get the last Starfighter license and a team of actual talented programmers and writers. A video game that is the movie of The Last Starfighter where you play the video game inside it? Well, no, you're the director of the movie, The Last Starfighter, <laughs> and it turns out that the script for The Last Starfighter was delivered by aliens to find a movie director capable of defeating Zur in the Kodan Armada. I see. Um, because of the weird way that war Warfare works is conducted on the frontier. By, yeah. Yeah. Like well, dueling documentaries. They, they, they clearly like go up to your, your wall that you have constructed instead of just going around. Right. So no, that wall went all the way in every direction. It's, I mean, it could have been a sphere, I guess, but that's a big sphere. Yeah, I, I feel like we've discussed the impracticality of the frontier, <laughs> of the frontier. on multiple yeah. episodes of, uh, <laughs> you know, and we're not like, we're not like, you couldn't make a weird flesh mannequin that was a, was a almost good enough to fool people, but like maybe not your girlfriend copy of you. Right. Like that, that's not implausible. Betazoid. That is, that is less implausible than. Beta uh, unit. A betazoid is. Beta Zoid was, yeah, yeah, it was Counselor Troy's race. Okay, so then just a beta unit. Yeah. All right. But doesn't that imply that was, like, the previous version of this guy? (laughs) Yeah, that that was the other twist. That was going to be revealed in the sequel, (laughs) The Last Starfighter. Second to last Starfighter, the penultimate penultimate Starfighter. Starfighter. Prequel. Anyway, that's what Armada is. It's the last Starfighter. Okay. It's real video gamey. Um more so than Ready Player One, there were a lot of just like lists of things. Like, ah, it was like in and then list three video games. It's like, ah, okay. Like so this is just ammo so for people to complain about this. So it's a it's a BuzzFeed kind of book where it's every page is just like a new list of video games. Yeah, I mean I don't personally think that there's anything wrong with, like, a Da Vinci Code, you know? I haven't read it, but, like, it's fine if you want to read that and enjoy it. Like It's it's, brain candy. It's fine if you want to read trashy romance novels. Like, it's, you know... There's a lot of cultural cachet to be had in in dissing people who are not like you and your friends. Hmm. Is there... (laughs) If you're an asshole, and your friends are too. Yeah, but I mean, like, is everyone... Are most of the people that we know assholes no. and all of their friends? Because I feel no, like I get like, a lot of this it. Is something I feel like that, I get like, a lot of disdain for this kind of stuff I, in my sort of, like, quasi-immediate Twitter circle. You might say. be particularly I, sensitive to people making negative comments about creative works, though. Yeah, I guess. I noticed a lot more of it... Um, among like people in their early twenties, the entitled generation that I'm talking about, like people who are now my age, but were in their early when 20s. they were in their early twenties. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess it was. Yeah, I like I've I don't know I've always I've always liked bad things, so like I'm not one to complain that that shit is that something is bad. 
I just I find it really but, hard to justify spending energy just being shitty about things that other people like. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember if I was always like that or not. Like maybe yeah. I was the, maybe I was a real dick about stuff in the in my early 20s, you know? I can I can understand being like I can understand wanting to voice disappointment with a thing that mm. you wanted to be better than it was. Yeah. I guess I got really, As really a cautionary tale. I got yeah. really angry at the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy movie. Yeah, I still have yeah. not seen it because of your review. I knew that I shouldn't go see it because I knew that there was no way that it was going to be anything other than a thing that was a disappointment to me. But I got talked into it anyway, and then I was just really mad. And I probably talked a lot of shit about that movie for a really long time after that. So, yeah, who knows? My childhood got ruined by whoever did that. I don't know. Most deaf. Uh, <laughs> who directed? Who knows? Was it anyone? They were blackballed immediately after that. Someone must have directed it. <laughs> that was all the actors just kind of showed up. <laughs> yeah. That's one way to do it. The only video game that I have played is Sage Solitaire, really. By Zach Gage. I don't have a lot to say about it. Is it, oh, is it Gage Solitaire? Yeah. I don't actually know if I believe that it's a good game or not. I just kept playing until I beat your score. Oh, you did? Yeah. And that was it. I okay. I, I, I don't know that I'm going to play it anymore unless you beat my score. <laughs> yeah, I haven't played it in a while. I should go back. Yeah. But it was really just waiting for it to, waiting to get a favorable draw. Boy, if what you're doing is audible... You're going to be pissed. I am. (laughs) Because you've been doing it the whole time. And for no good reason. It's probably at a consistent frequency. Yeah. You could notch it out. (laughs) What is it? So so if Riff can't hear it, I think it's it's entirely possible that it's just inaudible. And just kind of rocking the mic back and forth. He's rocking the the mic. That's 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 what you call that. Just don't. Just leave. Kevin out of this episode. Yeah. Okay. I think that's the way to do it. You can just, oh, sorry, Kevin. The only good uh, audio we got from you was through Jim's mic. Hmm. Uh, I, I like the idea of poker hand solitaire. That seems, I like the idea of yeah. a new game that you play with a deck of cards. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I do like feel like design constraint. I, if I was going to really try to go for a high score that I would want to have a scratch pad next to me with, the whole deck written out mm. so that I could cross off what has what I've seen. Did you watch that whole conversation between him and Michael Bro about I forget. Do you read all of your Twitter feed or do you just I skim. Okay. Michael Bro had some interesting things to say about it, like basically like uh I can't like being good at this game is really tedious, so right. I don't think that I but agree so with is him that that makes being it a bad super good at game. threes. Like, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of games like that, right? Like, is that true? Oh yeah, threes because so with threes, oh, keeping track of what's in the pool, yeah, figuring out how that fucking pool works. So it's oh, like I think it's God. like twelve or sixteen cards are added to the bag, and then you draw through really? those. So as like you get high to the- level threes, play involves counting cards. Yeah, yeah. ah man, am Holy I sensitive shit. to that kind of crap? Yeah. 
Like, because so, the reason that they do that is not to make high level play work that way. The reason no. they do that is to make the game like fair and Fe- fun for well, they make it to people. make it to make it feel fair, right? Yeah, it's not like ab- actual fairness is probably more clo- closer to random. In which case, you well, just- but I mean, randomness isn't fun, and right. fairness isn't fun. Like genuine fairness isn't fun, right? right. So, hmm. Uh, yeah, I like Sage Solitaire is, if you wonder what it is, it's free. So just get it. Yeah. Is it available on Amdroid? It will be. It's okay. probably not yet. Another month or so. I wonder if he's making any money. That is an excellent question. I've seen ads for it. Uh, so I'm curious if that's just an out of pocket thing or a thing that can you pay for anything in it? You must be able to. Yeah. Right? You can unlock, uh, you can unlock additional modes and different. Oh, I just did that right away. Cause I. I forgot. Yeah. Right. It was like, there's, there's other play modes and there's like other, bucks. uh, sort of styles of presentation. Um, are there any card games like games with a deck of cards that you guys like? You I mean like multiplayer or single player? I like the, the free sale. Like I never tried it with an actual deck of cards. I, but I played it on a uh, windows and enjoyed it. It seems like it'd be kind of tedious with a, deck of cards because there's just a lot of moving things around that there's yeah, a lot of moves fun. that you make in free cell that cause is free cell just klondike solitaire or? no it's slightly different. we've had this exact conversation <laughs> on this podcast before did we yeah yeah it's the one that came with windows xp where you deal out every card face up oh right 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 okay. um, and you have four spaces to put cards right okay and you can only move one card at a time um, the so, original sword and poker was good well, okay, but that's not that's not what I'm talking no, about. I mean actual like card games, yeah. Oh, so you're like talking about actual cards. Regular right? poker? Yeah. I like poker. Do you think it's good though? Yeah. Uh, except for, well, I don't like Hold'em. But uh, I like I like the poker that we play at KOLCon yes. where we all sit around and it's dealer's choice Dude, and yeah. Dealer and, makes up a poker variant. Well, no, I mean, like, sometimes they're just, you just play, you play five cards. There's a lot of five card stud, a lot of, you know, there's hands of Texas Hold'em, there's, there's hands of, like, all kinds of things, but then, you know, you'll come up with a funny or interesting variant and we, you play that for a hand and it was, it was really, really neat and fun. I think that would wear thin playing for real money. I think playing for money, sure. I want, I don't necessarily, like, want every hand to be Hold'em, but I want every hand to be, like, a real game. And not like oh sure yeah not like the the crazy things we were coming up with <laughs> sure but they were great. I mean and you know the 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 poker nights at at uh, the old KOL player Boozer Bear's house that I don't remember if you ever went to any of those yeah, or not but they they had like there's some there's some poker variant called baseball mm-hmm. that was pretty good and then there was midnight baseball yeah. and then there was midnight Cobain baseball where Suicide Kings were something uh, okay. <laughs> um, which I think was just a Kurt Cobain joke. Yeah. But they, they were all just like different variants with a wild or two on, yeah, they're basically st- just, on a stud or a draw. Yeah, like there, there's nothing card stud with different wild cards. It's, but then like th- there were, there was also somebody who would always do like between the sheets, which was just some weird, like over under game where it was like, well, like 
this is not what people come to like a poker night for, right? Like you don't want to just do like you can't just call blackjack as the game <laughs> yeah. at a poker night when you're the dealer, which that's, people that's would also the worst when people do. try and do that. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of funny actually. Yeah. But the sure. but the like splitting the pot between best hand and worst hand is kind of interesting. It is, yeah. What's that one called? Uh, there's a few variants of, that do that. I don't remember offhand. I guess poker is a pretty good game. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. there's a bunch of there's a bunch of a lot of variety possibility space. Yeah. yeah. When I was a freshman in college, everybody in the dorm played euchre, Never which is weird that. because that feels like an old people game. Yeah. Does that uh, is that a non-standard deck? Yeah, you take two decks no you like just take a lot of cards turn. out of the deck you take all the what you take a lot of cards out of the deck okay it's, you're only playing with like the top two-thirds of the deck or something okay um and i think it's just a trick taking i huh. don't really remember i remember it being fairly similar to hearts and spades and uh my grandmother used to play a lot of canasta hmm. that's what like my family would play at you know, birthday parties and get togethers and stuff. And I like, I like trick taking games. They're fun. They, they have a, enough strategy that they're interesting. Like you, you're bidding and then you're, you're trying to execute a strategy and you're not sure what the other people have. Like there's a, there's a lot of fun there. Like hearts and what's oh, hearts and spades and bridge. Yeah. Did you ever play so, uh canes? Mm-mm. I I don't think that's the usual name for it, but I don't know what the more common name is. It's a it's a game you've got. Um, it's four player game with two teams, so two two pairs of two with partners sitting across from each other, and the you've got a hand of four cards and four cards on the table, and there's no turns. It just everybody, whenever you want to, you can pick a card up from the table and put in your hand and discard a card from your hand. And once it becomes clear that nobody wants any of the cards that are on the table, the dealer will clear them away and deal out four more cards. And the goal is to get all four of your cards in your hand uh, the same value, to get a four and a four of a kind, at which point you have canes, but you can't declare it yourself. And instead, you have to, you have a prearranged secret signal with your partner that has to be over the table, and you signal your partner that you have canes, whereupon they say, we have canes, and you d- declare your canes, and your team gets a point. But if the other team thinks they've figured out what your signal is, they can say, canes against Kevin, and then if you've got canes, then they get a point. And then once it becomes clear that one of the teams has definitely figured out what the other team's signal is, then you do a new round where both teams go off and invent a new signal <laughs> and then come back. It's, it's fun. It's, it's a good comedy game, uh, because you can, every now and then you can get up, get away with a really dumb signal. I think my friend, my friends Nick and John at one point, we were playing a game and Nick suddenly said, I have canes, and John said canes, <laughs> because that that was your the signal. signal was to say I have canes. Yes. Yeah, no, that's. <laughs> but of course, that that's a joke that only works once. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, right. 
right. <laughs> but even if you're playing it seriously, it's a pretty interesting game because there, people do like a lot of bluffing and a lot of random table talk to conceal the well. The yeah, geez, you feel like you'd be like just and... gesticulating wildly yeah, all the time. Absolutely, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Jim, you're quiet. I just have nothing to say. He's got canes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like your free cell. Free cell pretty for cool. Canes is to be really quiet. You didn't, you didn't play card games with your family or not really anywhere you went. There was there was a game that when I worked at the movie theater in high school, uh, I forget what it is called, but I was reminded of it by you describing Kane's riff, which it's got that sort of galaxy trucker thing where the play is in real time. You know, there, there are games like that, right, where it's just about like grabbing cards quickly. And I think I don't generally like things like that i like taking turns i like baseball more than basketball <laughs> okay although i guess in basketball you take turns running one direction and baseball there's moments where things are happening in real time that's true but i've always felt like those sorts of card games were just weird in the sense of like well this is a both a a sort of cunning and a dexterity game mm-hmm. and that just makes it less fair, like, to play with old people. Okay. That was all I had to say about that, I guess. Have you played any video games, Jim? I have continued to play Pac-Man 256. I have all the... Uh, power-ups? All the power-ups. How the last power-up is confusing that? to me. Two weeks. Oh, okay. About... What was that? The last power-up is confusing to me. I haven't really figured out like so it's it's the same thing as the 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 uh one the magnet is it except that dots grow back okay weird so it it creates a uh a an ring. area where um where you're consuming the dots and then the dots actually come back after you you've you've i think a few seconds um, and I have not successfully been able to take advantage of that at all. Okay, yeah. Like, even even the magnet, like, you'd think it would be easier to keep your combo going, but it just means that, like, when the circle is shrinking back down, chances are you're going to lose your combo because it's shrinking, like, in such a way that you can't there are no turn. dots nearby when yeah. you uh, when you when it comes back to zero. Like, I, I almost always lose my combo um, at the end of those power-ups. So I haven't been able to um, take advantage of them. I've found the almost every power up, even at levels four, four and five, are is worse than the just, power just a pill. Power pill. Yeah, it's, like I feel like Pac Man was a pretty good game. Yeah, and this all it needed to do, like Frogger, was a pretty good game, and all Crossy Road needed to do was add endless procedurally generated mode to Frogger yeah. to make a thing that was good and worth playing. And that's also all that Pac-Man 256 needed. And it also has the like cool kill screen thing where yeah. like the that, that's just great. entropy is chasing you like the Spelunky ghost and like making it. So there's a, they needed a time constraint something for people to collect and, and right that in app purchase in, up, in this though. case, this honestly like just makes me not want to play it. Like I, I've been playing the because I I like collecting stuff. That's why I'm doing that. But the uh, the free play mode where you play without spending credits, that's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, that's that's what the game you you want. Yeah, and I think it's a much better game. Um, I mean, 
I would just, you know, I would probably pay $15 for that game, but it was free, so, oh well. Yeah, I mean. Fuck them, I guess. Yeah. Like, I. Is this game making any money? I think it is. I mean, it's published by Konami, right? So. Namco. Namco, Namco. sorry. Bandai Namco. Um. I mean, they must have gotten paid to make it. Um, I don't know what deal they worked out, but uh, I'm pretty sure it's doing fine. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think the the monetization is as compelling as Crossy Roads is. I, I Speaking of that, I, I have played the Pac-Man variant that they built into Crossy Roads. Oh, yeah. It's pretty fun. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. I'll have to check that out. I had a frustrating conversation about Alpha Bear at a bar where this woman was complaining about the, <clears throat> like, I just can't play it as much as I want to because of the honey limit. I'm like, it's $5 to turn that off. $5 is too much for a phone game. Wow. Mm. All right. That probably took a year of someone's life to make that game. And it's just fucked that you don't think that's worth $5. Like, sorry. Like, I was, like, sort of being mean to someone who was basically a stranger because I'm just disgusted with the mobile game landscape and people's value assessments of it just based on it's race to the bottom. $5 is too garbage. much. $5, like... Wow. Like, $5 is too much money to spend on something that I like enough that I want to play it more than an hour a day for free. Like it's, it's maddening. Yep. What? Like, why did this happen? Race to the bottom. Like, I mean, people will make art for free, right? That's always going to be a problem. Sure. There's always like, wide-eyed kids who just want to get something out there there will always be alternatives to anything expensive and polished to the average person it doesn't matter like a normal person doesn't necessarily understand that like alpha bear is pretty good right relative to a lot of just garbage yeah, relative that to is a, out a there coin pusher right I mean, they do on some level, right? Like, because more of them like it. Yeah. But, like, they don't think about it, right? They don't think of it as, like... I I wonder what... I wonder if I had asked that woman, what do you think it cost to make this video game? Whether she would have been within an order of magnitude of a realistic number. But no, that's, that's even if she, true. Even if she even, could that's figure true that out, would for you AAA care? games, yeah. for every game, it's... Like, would she care? Like, it doesn't matter, right? Like, people have been trained to think that phone games are free, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I, I don't know what the first free-to-play sort of games were, but, like, people began to expect that they they could either give a game money or they could play it for free, like sort pay- of... Pay to win became a term of derision rather than like. I remember when you had to pay a quarter to play a video game for like two minutes. Yeah. That's my old man monster (laughs) voice. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it, it is, it is disconcerting that people are 
turned off by the desire, like the desire of a developer to survive. I mean, it's weird because what happens, right? I mean, like basically, I don't know. I, did you read that triple I article? I saw it. I don't know if I read it. I I saw people bandying the term about, I never figured out what it meant. It's like 10 to 20 person teams. Well, and, t- and like, people that are people that are either veterans or whatever that are making right. in, independent games, or whether they don't have a publishing deal or whatever, that they're just like they're responsible for their own futures, and how that is the thing that is going to survive, just like AAA sort of rose out of the the nineties or whatever. Huh. And I mean, it's all going to survive. It's just not going to be us, right? Like, well, that's that's the thing. Like, it's there's this notion that there'll be an indie apocalypse or whatever that a lot of there just won't be. Well, I think that from the consumer's perspective, there won't be okay. From the consumer's perspective, it's going to be like any other creative profession where like people like think, Oh, I'll do this. But then like, Nope, no, you won't. You'll, you'll be, you'll, you'll bartend. Yeah. And then make your app at night. (laughs) Right. And like, yeah. yeah. Or in the mornings, I guess, because you're bartending at night. (laughs) No, it is. I mean, I remember talking to you about this, Jim, like, how most of the people that that like we hang out with are like you, you were talking about knowing a weird number of like indie success stories yeah that as individuals yes that like and they're not even that like you're not talking about like Phil Fish and you're not talking about Vlambeer, right? Like, you're talking about people that still most people have never heard of. Oh, yeah. And how there's not, I don't know how to put this. It doesn't mean anything. The fact that all of that happened over the last few years doesn't have anything to say at all about the future. <laughs> I. I well, I think the point I was getting at was that the fact that we have so many sample points in our personal lives that doesn't say anything about like the average developer's chances. But it also doesn't say anything about the data points that we already have. Like <clears throat> I don't know. What do you think is going to happen with Frog Fractions 2? <laughs> I it's really hard to say. Summer blockbuster. Probably not. Nation, nationwide 1400 theater release. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be amazing. I mean, in a way, it just can't, right? It just can't. Yeah, I, I, I have no, I, I realistically have no predictions. Uh, I already got paid to make it, so like, yeah, it's hard for me to complain about any results. And you can't, I mean, like, I feel like you have a pretty healthy attitude about, like, what kinds of things mean anything, <laughs> you know, which is to say more or less nothing means anything. Like, yeah. you know, you're, you're going to have made frog fractions and then eventually you'll die. And those are probably the two things, right? Yeah. 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 Like frog fractions too, probably doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm like, I'm more concerned about making a thing that people won't be disappointed by than actually making money from sure. it. Like, it would be like I do care about making money mostly because I'm like a lot of people are getting rev share. 
and other, <clears throat> rather than being paid. And I think that you would be sad if Frog Fractions 2 was the last video game that you made. Yeah, I don't think that's likely. Like, I, That won't be true. I mean, that won't be true even if you just had to get a day job, right? Like, you would still be making video games. Yeah, well, I mean, I would definitely be making video games, like, in my spare time. But I bet I could... I, I, I could I could get, do like consulting work or something like that. Yeah, as a programmer, that's not hard to do. Like with uh, with some ship titles under my belt. More people need to understand that. Like, you just want to make the like comfort zone amount of money and stop, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's it's like, really tempting. I think for a lot of people, like most of the like the indie millionaires that we're talking about, like the smart ones are the ones that keep living like they were living before yeah. they were millionaires because yeah. like notch is so fucking unhappy oh, going <laughs> crazy yeah well Just, i don't i mean i think he went crazy for a few minutes very publicly a couple mm-hmm. days ago no but I, th- I mean i think it's i think it is indicative of his like sort of mental state over the past year or two right like he's just not been happy yeah I, well and even like i don't think there was anything he could have done like that much money is just going to change your social dynamic, no matter how you treat it, no matter how you uh, sure. handle it. Um, but I wasn't even talking about that. Like, oh, that's that's a big part too. I mean, like people like Jonathan Blow who are like, let's just take all this money and put it right back into something crazy and bigger, big. Like, yeah. Let's hire up a huge team yeah. because we have this money. Like, it's. I mean, in a way, that's probably better for the world, right? Like, oh, if, yeah. if somebody comes into, if somebody is successful and makes a bunch of money, probably the thing that, like, the tax code incentivizes, which is hire as many people as you can afford and then lay them all off when you can't afford them anymore. Right. That's, like, a shitty thing for you and taking care of your own future, but it's probably better for the world. It created some jobs. It employed people gainfully. It, you know, briefly distracted 10 guys from their eventual death <laughs> instead of just one. But although, think of it this way, though. Like, with that money, Jonathan Blow probably could have made, like, projects like Braid every two years for the rest of his life. As opposed to, or but, one but huge project that is might still, or not, still uh, not out and is yeah yeah i was thinking about that as i was walking past jonathan blow's car this morning <laughs> like, <laughs> right. when the fuck is the witness gonna come out also i can't believe that hobos don't shit in his car yeah every single day is it is it it's just a convertible that he leaves with, the top that off. he leaves the top down parked under the fucking hobo overpass <laughs> it, hobo overpass <laughs> I, did you guys see the article about the guy with the perfect shit like oh yeah donating his shit to this yeah, i totally medical, read that medical oh, foundation right. yes. that, it's not donating he gets paid oh you're good, right he gets, he gets paid. paid good money for his shit like and they were saying like that it's harder to get into our program to donate your poop than it is to get into harvard yeah <laughs> does he have like good microbes or something he has, I guess he has, yeah, he has excellent health and really and really a uh, good gut flora. But they also talked about like the visual quality of the poop. <laughs> yeah, like, well, but I think they pay him before they examine it. Oh wow! Because he like it, the implication, at least from the article, was well, it's not science if he, you don't give chance. The he had been paid, and then they like took the the poop sample and were like, "Is this you know on the scale of one to seven? Is this a three, four, or five? Which are the only numbers that are acceptable?" <laughs> right. So, yeah, right. there's like two dry and two wet. <laughs> okay. Get the blow dryer out. And then there's it's- just right. And that's the one you want to take on the seats of Jonathan Blow's car. <laughs> I, I was I just. Mean, we could just shit in Jonathan Blow's I, car. We could do that. Uh, right and then now. He, 
Uh, it's probably not still there. It, no. I was pretty early this morning. Oh man, I think I don't know how long his days are, but a poor choice, I, poor I life. Was just choice. imagining, like, I mean, especially uh, having gone on record as for now. I hope that some hobo doesn't shit in it. Yeah, then, yeah. No, they'll blame you. No, okay, but seriously, like, is the witness ever going to come hang, out? Hang on, I've got a. I've oh, got sorry, a thing we're to say. The, we're still on the poop. We're still on the poop. I just wanted to say this. I was thinking about like a goodwill hunting scenario where like Matt Damon just like is really angry and he shits on the floor of this lab. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> but it turns out it's the perfect poop. And this perf- <laughs> the, like the <laughs> a lab tech just like runs it like, what's this shit doing on the floor? Oh my God. And he calls everybody over <laughs> it looks every day. Like I show up to your house with two turds and every day I hope you're not here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, sorry. Go on. What about the witness? It- I mean, he's, is it a, coming he's out? a weird case, right? Like, I mean, not, I guess he's not right. He does the thing that people do, which was like, he made a thing that was like, you know, and it like listening to the tone control with him, right? Like he made a bunch of games. Like yeah. braid was not like the first thing that he did. It was the first thing that anybody heard of. He worked on triple a stuff. Like he, he worked on stuff that did a she, bunch of nobody stuff. cared about, including him. Yeah. And braid was important in some ways. And made a bunch of money, and now we're here where, like, I don't think it's possible for the witness to come out and not basically just be a fart in the wind. I think people are going to pay attention to yeah, it. I don't you know, know if it's going to be any good. Like, it's going to be on the order of Talos principle. My prediction is that it is going to be good and people are not going to pay attention to it. Huh. I, I, he's he's going to get, I mean, just An on the infinite amount of Braid, press. He's going to get a lot yeah. of press. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, the, it's um, Sony is is backing it in some measure or another. Yeah, he was like on stage at one of the E3s, I think, yeah. like at pre PS4 launch. Yeah, right. Yep. Like that, which, it... yeah, yeah. No, so relevant. He like the the braid money is basically gone now. Right. Like he's now. Getting funding. He's getting to funded. The witness. Yeah. yeah. I mean. Oh, right. From Indie Fund, which yeah. he would, helped start uh, with his brain know, money. You know, it's, it's probably not too much nepotism going on there. No, I mean, I'm not, that was not my contention. I was just that like Indie Fund started in part because of the braid money, right? Like yeah. it's come yep. full circle. Yeah. In that regard. I mean, to be, to be fair, like the witness is exactly the sort of project that Indie Fund would fund. Sure. Like, so that's, that's not that weird. Uh, yeah, I, I, I doubt very much that, um, he's going to make his money back on that. No, certainly not. But he might make enough money to make another braid, which. And maybe he'll want to, you know, after, after this, like maybe scaling back as, who knows, you know, how many, this is the other thing, like. How many ideas do most people have in them, you know? I mean, like... Four. I don't know, Jim, if you feel this way, but I am basically certain that my best work is behind me. Oh, I'm definitely definitely the case for me. Like, and... Like, that, there's no... It wasn't that long ago. We there weren't was, that young. There was no then. way... Just, like, well, it, just because... I think this is just because we were both lucky enough to have a hit. Yeah. Like, if I hadn't had a hit, I would 
definitely be working from the assumption that I'm, I'm just going to keep getting better. My stuff is going to keep getting more successful. But once you have that fucking the breakout, like for me, it was frog fractions for you. Like the thing you've been living off of for the past 10 years, that's that like, I recognize it's slightly different. It's I, mean, luck. I, I, I don't, yeah, it's I, so I much don't. of it is luck. Like both in terms of like how, how it get, how much of it gets to people and also how good the work is. Like, so many of the the factors that go into these in, into the production, like you, so much of like what made Frog Fractions good was like me stumbling on something and then latching onto it, and sometimes not even realizing it myself, but someone had to point it out to me. Um, just it hap, the fact that for for me at least like i was at a point in my life where i was able to really lean into something pretty stupid <laughs> yeah <laughs> right yeah yeah like it's nice it's a chance most people never get it is and it's so hard to figure out like all right well now i now this is i guess what i do for a living mm-hmm. like not really like we're not really in this industry, <laughs> you know? I mean, I guess you, you are. I mean, I'm friends with people. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we, and you know, I guess we've both done like contract game dev gigs at sure. this point. Like we've yeah. fucking made video games for people for money. I guess that means we're professional <laughs> video game developers. I've been paid to do it. Yeah, it's, me too. It's kind of weird. Ugh. Everything is awful. <laughs> Hey, I, no, everything that's rules. That's not my takeaway. Yeah. yeah. Like, everything is fucking great. It's just, it, man. What, I guess, what, what do you want? I guess, right? Uh, like, you are continuing to be able to make things that you. That's true. Are interested in. Any, what I want is any sort of like reassurance that the pessimism that I feel is unjustified about the way that the industry is now, the way that the scene is now. Does it matter though, what the industry and the scene are as long as we get to keep doing things that we're interested in and that the world responds to? Well, only insofar as the way that the industry is determines whether or not we get to keep doing the things that we're You say that in. and it has so far had no impact one way or the other on what we do. Well, sure. That's true. Uh, you guys have a, a user base that is pretty orthogonal to mainstream yeah. or even indie indie game the indie game scene. Um, which which means you're kind of immune in largely to the the changes in the rest of the industry. Well, but what we are not immune to is our own life cycle. That's true. Right. So <laughs> that's yeah. that's the interesting thing. Like, I think a lot of the people who played KOL, it was their one game, right? Like. There's been a lot of talk lately about sort of like doing some data analysis on like Steam games and stuff like that. And a large number of people who play they games only play, Dota. play one game yeah. Yeah. or they only play TF2. Yeah. yeah. And so I think, you know, they only play World of Warcraft or whatever. And we were for a lot of people, their only game. And that's fine. Yeah. But it just means that like once, once our one hit is not making enough money to pay us to make video games for a living anymore. We just can't make video games. Well, unless we have by that, by the time that's true, made a bunch of other little video games that support us. And that's the thing that I think basically the current landscape renders impossible Hmm. unless we get extremely, extremely lucky. And that's why I wonder about your feelings about frog fractions too. I mean, what, 
what kind of world is it born into? And no idea. Like no idea. It has. I know that it has the cachet of its predecessor, but it, in this weird orthogonal way, because no way. it's released. It's released well, without any has, kind of connection it has, to it as an asset. The cachet of its predecessor, yes. not not that Once, it has the same cachet as oh, its yeah, predecessor. Yeah, yeah. Like it. Yeah, I. It's it's really hard to imagine. Like so much of it is. Make some noise with this sound baffling just to <laughs> produce maximal just to, just irony. To be, yeah, ironic. Just to be baffling. <laughs> D- did I already talk about uh, Super Win the Game? And yes. Yeah, and how your feelings about why it didn't make it is because there's just nothing. There's no press hook. There's no... Yeah, another part of that is just that... Is, is that you have to win the game was a big success as a free flash game. And being free is the, the psychology of playing a free game is so different from playing a game you pay for. That's something that I'm thinking about a lot too. Like I was able to get away with a lot of sloppiness and a lot of, um, like stuff like frog fractions would basically have been fraud if I tried to sell it, you know, <laughs> fraud fractions, <laughs> fraud fractions. Yeah. Uh, um, did we, we met someone who was somehow connected to the shovel Knight. Yes. People, was it one of their girlfriends? No, don't remember. Doesn't make any sense. It was a relative or something. A relative. Shovel Knight is a weird case. In what sense? Where did that come from? Wasn't it kickstarted? Was it? It was kickstarted. It was the team came out of way forward. I remember seeing it at the first Indiecade that we went to, like playable on a 3DS, and just being super underwhelmed by it, not really understanding. Sh- Shovel Knight got. I mean, it, I think the timing for that was right. Like, I think indie games are still viable back when it was released. Um, Shovel Knight came out like a year ago. Yeah, um, yeah, a lot of a lot's happened in a year. Um, Two thousand yeah, games the sort of Steam, on Steam. Yeah, the the, um, the Steam floodgate. Thing. And the other thing that Shovel Knight got in its favor was that Nintendo explicitly treated it as uh, a case study in like what happens if we actually try to promote one of these games. Mm. Um. And so they got a lot of promotion on from Nintendo in their in their uh, in their store. Hmm. Um, You're getting an amiibo, that, that, kind of. Really? Yeah, I didn't know like, that. Not not officially made by by Nintendo, but Nintendo has like gave them the the phone number of the people that make them <laughs> and told them how to how to set up the code that that makes the chip inside it run. So it's, it actually works yeah, as an amiibo. Yeah, so it will actually work yeah. as an amiibo, yeah. Huh. That's neat. Well, does anybody have anything else to talk about before we move on to the assignment? I also played uh, Dark Souls a bit. Oh. I, I had been... Like, last packs, not this one, but last one, I uh, I had been talking with a bunch of friends who were super excited about Dark Souls and wanted me to I, I had been playing it on 360 and they they wanted like to know everything like they were very like into 
the idea of watching me play it. So I ended up starting over. One. Yeah. Starting over on PC. Um, Frapsing the whole thing? Stre- streaming it on Twitch, actually. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so I, um, I've got like 10 hours of me playing Dark Souls up through, now it's up through Sen's Fortress, like halfway through Sen's Fortress, I think. I don't know, actually know how long it is. Um, on my YouTube channel, if you guys are interested. Hmm. Um, but are you providing commentary while you play? Yeah. Uh, and the last, the last, uh, session was not streamed. It was like, I played it at Ryan Ike's house, this packs. So like, there's a year gap where I just didn't play at all because like Twitch shit the bed once. And I was like, fuck that. I'm not doing this anymore until I figure this out. Uh, and what I figured out was I'll just record locally and upload to YouTube. Um, and so the last session was about two hours of me and like, Ryan Ike, who's a Dark Souls veteran, like, kind of like watching over my shoulder and giggling and providing color <laughs> commentary. Uh, and I, I don't know. I, I, I really enjoyed that. I really, uh, and Dark Souls is, I, Riff, you've played a bunch of it. Anybody else here? I, yeah. I, I, I mostly played Dark Souls 2, but I did play Dark Souls 1 up through, uh, the end of Sen's Fortress. I got the end of the, Sen's Fortress. I got to the Capra Demon. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Oh, the Capra <laughs> Demon, that... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I understand. <laughs> Man, you're making me want to make a Twitch Plays the MIT Mystery Hunt team. I would... That would be great. Huh. Holy shit, would that be weird? <laughs> that would, would that be... Work? You'd have to figure out how to document that. That would be hard. Yeah. It'd be like a... Sp- you would need like a hundred different streams. No, you just... You focus on one puzzle at a time. Okay, okay. You just pick a puzzle and you just do it until it's solved. Yeah. Mm. If you could get a thousand people watching it to look at that, you might be able to make a dent. Yeah, I don't know. Like out of a thousand people, there are three of them that can solve any given mystery hunt puzzle. I think. Out of a thousand, man, I don't know that I would want to like spend an entire year's mystery hunt like curating that experience, but it seems like such an interesting idea. It would be more of a, a filmmaking process than oh, yeah. just a straight up stream. But got the people being super angry with you. Cause you, you're not figuring it out. Like they've figured it out and they're like, they want you to, they like, they, either they don't want to tell you. Or I don't like, think that's what it's, I think it's going to be more like if you're actually focusing on the people who are good enough to do these puzzles, Probably it's going to be more like watching a Sherlock Holmes movie. <laughs> like the people in the audience have no idea and Holmes has figured it out. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Dark Souls. Dark Souls. Really enjoying it. I, 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 uh, I, have you played Dark Souls 2? No. If you like Dark Souls 1, then you should play 2 and tell me what you think because I feel kind of alone in that I like Dark Souls 2 a lot more than 1. And I okay. feel like the people that the reason that people give for preferring Dark Souls one, I feel like is petty is not the word I'm looking for, <laughs> but it, like it doesn't seem like big enough of an issue for yeah. for what, Dark so Souls one to be so much more liked. Than what two. is that reason, Riff? The fact mind? that Dark Souls two is not as 
that the levels are not as intricately inter- interconnected and stacked up on top. Oh, of that each it other. feels more like a video game and less that's, like a real space that you're dicking around in. That's yeah. actually like not having played two. That's actually my reason for liking it less. Right. So yeah, but I feel like two <clears throat> I mean, for, is for me, so the- much better in terms of how it how it looks and how the combat feels and the although the a lot of the bosses are not are are large mans instead of ridiculous monsters which are less visually interesting the fights themselves are more more interesting as fights than most of the dark souls one bosses and 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 just most important, the two most important things that I prefer bar- about Dark Souls 2 are that it looks really nice and does not have, like, I felt like all the environments in Dark Souls 1 were just either darkness or brown, and I got so sick of it. Whereas in Dark Souls 2, like, the environments are much more interesting visually. And also, I just felt that the combat and character motion and everything felt a lot better in dark that's souls interesting too. yeah i and i feel I, like I'll, that's I'll, a much check stronger it out. reason to prefer it than than just the maps you know i prefer dark souls one because shields work and there's not a fucking stick that for no reason does four times as much damage as every other weapon in the game uh, i think you'll find that that complaint is also true in dark souls one no i bet there's a dumb weapon that you won't well, like. Well, I didn't find it. Yeah, so there, you're, there you go. I, in Dark Souls 1, I found a weapon that I preferred its moveset. Uh-huh. In Dark Souls 2, there was one weapon that, even though I didn't like its moveset, did four times as much damage as everything else that I ever found. Okay, but those two things aren't mutually exclusive. In in, in Dark Souls 1, you found the weapon that you liked the moveset, and you kept using that, but that doesn't mean there's not another weapon that you could have been using with a worse moveset, but four times as much damage. And contrary-wise, I bet in Dark Souls 2, there's a weapon whose, mu- whose moveset you would have liked. Fine. How far did you get? In Dark Souls 2? In the first one. To the Capra Demon. Oh, right. You said so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dark Souls 2, less far. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I got mean, to I'm... I got to the thing where you go out onto the, like, gazebos where you're fighting huge mans. Okay. Tower of Flame. Yeah. That was where I got. <laughs> yeah. I'll definitely check it out. I am Those gazebos intending... are bullshit. Yeah. Did you fight the gazebos? The clubs are bullshit. That club <laughs> is Fire bullshit. an arrow at the gazebo. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely intend to finish Dark Souls first. Yeah. Um, I don't know when that's going to happen, but like, I'm hoping, like, I, I start, I'm hoping, like, I'll find the time to start playing that again. And I'm, I'm intending to document the whole thing. So, so yeah, you got, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, um, really good moments that I think Dark Souls veterans will enjoy in that well, session with, with Ryan. Well, definitely put, Put that link in the show notes because that's something I'll certainly watch. Yeah. The thing that is a problem, the biggest problem that I have right now is that, um, with Dark Souls specifically, is that it doesn't run very well on my machine. Mm-hmm. And so, like, a lot of this session is like at 10 frames a second. Oh, wow. Um, it's slow. It's like low enough that it kicks you offline. Which actually, I think is great. I think that's a feature. <laughs> like, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not interested in the online portion of the game anyway. But um, 
it's it it's it's not pleasant like it's not as pleasant to watch as it should be as a result of that but and i hear dark, the frustrating thing about two is that about one and one versus two is that um i hear two is a much better pc port i've heard than, that that's uh, true yeah definitely I, I don't know if it's i don't know if dark souls 2 is a good pc port but i've definitely heard that dark souls 1 is a bad pc port yeah, they recently like fixed the whole GFW issue. Like that stuff's just gone now, which is a huge improvement. Um, what does GFW mean? Uh, it was the games for Windows. It was Microsoft's uh, Steam equivalent that you. Oh had. yeah, there was that. There was that notion that it, that it was Dark Souls was just not going to be playable after. A certain I, day, I think right? they patched it. Okay. I th- I don't I don't know how hard that was, but like you used to have to have. You used to need to be signed into GFW to save at all. Like wow. you could play, but you couldn't save, which is just just bizarre. Like I guess they used the GFW API to to store content on your hard drive. Okay, it was a weird thing. Yeah, um, I'm really enjoying that. I got like halfway through Sen's Fortress. I'm hoping to get get another another run at it soon. Uh, it'll probably have, I'll probably stream it, probably have a bunch of people from Twitter heckling me the whole time. Are they cheering you on or heckling? Is it, or is it hard to tell? It's a little of both probably. Okay. I, I've actually found the t- streaming Dark Souls as a newbie, like the people who show up in chat are very supportive. Like, like you consider yourself a newbie, even though you've played through it before. I have not played through it. Oh, you just have played it. So I have played it. Um, I That's still haven't finished it. Okay. Um, and like people, the people who show up in chat, like, like they treat me like you would treat a kitten, you okay. know, like, look at that adorable, like you look at that adorable creature, grind so it up and make a pie a bag with some rocks and throw you into a pond. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That that's, that's the PVP. Yeah. Do you find people trying to grief you? Is that, is it a thing that you can like? be invaded intentionally well, if you're not doing it live if you're doing it on youtube He's streaming I, I used to i used to be doing I was, a year ago i was doing it live yeah. oh this I, is you not- can i don't think you can invade somebody on purpose okay i wasn't sure like i i, I mean you can you choose to invade but you can't choose who to invade yeah. there i don't know if you, if you were know, paying attention yeah like if they could it, presumably they know what zone you're in so they could go to that zone and invade and their chances of Hope. getting you would be slightly higher but yeah they, yeah they couldn't there was a there was a, a time when um sean vanneman and ollie moss uh played uh daisy oh, against yeah. each other like the most dangerous game <laughs> style yeah but they were on a server that anybody could log into and so there was just there were a bunch of people just hanging out like picking sides and then trying to like help help or hinder them as as the case may be oh, that's great yeah. yeah well should we move on to the assignment yeah let's do that i forgot to play it <laughs> oh good job i played yeah. it for like an hour I, I i had played it before i bought it and played it a few months ago and i don't remember much about it it's a the assignment is royals yeah by asher volmer yeah it's a fairly straightforward resource management game yeah yeah I didn't it get does very. Not f- I got. I tell got. Tell you much. Yeah, it tells you almost nothing, and th- I kind Which of. Which is liked, great. Yeah, I liked the 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 concept behind it, or I guess the thematic idea that it says on the site which is that you found a disc for an old game you played when you were a kid but you couldn't find the manual 
<laughs> and that, uh, that would, particularly uh, spoke to me because it uses that old shoebox Macintosh uh, style that was exactly what I was playing at the time. So yeah, <laughs> I, I found it to be much more like straightforward than than uh, like a 1980s game with no manual. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but a lot of the fun is figuring out the how systems, to play it. Yeah. yeah, it is interesting how different the mystery of this game is than the actual mystery of a game made with 80s design sensibilities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's just intentional here. I think it's in, it, it's crafted with the intent that you're going to have to figure out how to play it as opposed to just let's make a weird system and then describe it with, with the intent of describing it in manual and the user is going to read the manual before playing it. I, I've given interviews where I talked about one of the major inspirations behind frog fractions is the legend of Zelda and how mysterious that game is. Mm-hmm. But I picked up a copy of it at the maid recently and it has a really thick manual that goes into ex- exhaustive detail and how that game works. The legend of Zelda does. Yeah. yeah. And also the backstory. But if you didn't read that, then it's, but I did. I, was I remember like when I, my stepdad photocopying that manual before we even owned the game. Like, wow. I I had a like a, I had that manual long before I owned the game, and I read the shit out of it. I had just forgotten that I did, huh. and so like, yeah, that 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 actually like. No, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about Zelda One now. My experience of video games was always like that because I lived in the sticks, and so it whenever I got a video game, there was always like an hour or a two hour car ride home from whatever city sold video games. Yeah, to my trailer on the farm where I would had nothing to do in the back of the car except read the manual. Oh man. They should throttle your steam download and give you the manual first. (laughs) Me specifically. They should do that too. Yes. You personally, just me. Yeah. Um, I guess nowadays what we have instead of that is like marketing material. So you can like watch the trailer over and over again. Royals, once you figure out how the systems work, it becomes less interesting to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I as soon as I started having like a half a dozen followers, it had the same problem that I haven't played more recent Civilization games, but I played the oh, first one. Oh, yeah, exactly. Civilization 1, at the very least, has the problem of like, it's fun when you just have a few cities to manage. And then, like, as soon as you get a bunch of units, it's it, you just spend the entire turn, like, okay, you go here, you go here, you go here, you go here, and then, like, go tune all your city's happiness. Yep. Yeah. Because by the in both of the games that I won, I ended up having, like, 30 or more followers or whatever, and you just, each turn takes a tremendous amount of time if you're trying to actually eke out all of the... Yeah. resources you can and i even his tweet a couple days ago where somebody asked him about the design process for this game and he was just like uh it was this and then he just links to his google spreadsheet where he designed the whole thing no <laughs> that's great um i even like the the delegation aspect of it i feel like that's something that empire building games very often lack is is that you you feel like you're never like when you move up in the ranks of an actual organization, you are doing less yourself and delegating more work to other people. If they had some sort of like middle management layer mm-hmm. that you could, uh, that, that like unlocked as soon as you got a certain number of followers, I think that would be really. So what you're looking for is some sort of a phase change, like, uh, like say spore 
where yeah. you don't want to you want to move on to the next phase of the game, but you want it to kind of be a different game at that point instead of you having to do just more of all of the. You don't want like you don't want to be like a dolphin, but you're controlling each individual cell of the dolphin. Yeah, right? yeah. Have we, you want it to be another game? Have we already <laughs> talked about? Like my misunderstanding of Master of Orion three, I don't think so. Like no. this is something I never played it. I never played any of the games in the series, but I remember reading about Master of Orion three and coming away with the impression that that um, in that game there are viceroys that will like make decisions for you, and you can go in and like overrule their decisions. Um, and I think that's actually true, but. What I remember reading or thinking was that you only had a certain number of focus points per turn. You could only override so many decisions per turn. So you had to figure out, like, which of the Viceroy's decisions were most oh, important man. to go in. And I feel like, like that's a way better game in your mind than... That's what I've heard, yeah. Um, hmm. And this this non-existent game has, like, really shaped my design perspective on a lot of different games. Okay. Um, and I feel like that could even scale. Like you could keep um, layers of yeah, of you, you have the same number of focus points, the same number of decisions you can make each day, um, but they're decisions at different levels of abstraction. Sure. And you could just literally build the systems so that they ripple, the effects ripple out. Yeah, that would be kind of amazing, actually. Yeah. Um, but it wouldn't it wouldn't be the, the this game where like I feel like this game is very tightly tuned in terms of like you need to in terms of like the the effect of each of using each resource royals yeah royals it, like once you understand how to get ahead it's it, I think you could just win every game I don't think there's okay. really much challenge to it do you ever die if you just keep resting eventually yeah because if you get old enough that resting isn't restoring as many hearts as you're losing okay yeah is that i never i never got very far in the game but it like the last game i played it seemed like maybe the most viable strategy would be just to play normally exploring sending guys out to explore caves until you got enough guys that you could just sit in the inn resting while the dudes mine until you can build a castle you want to yeah. you want to you rest in a manner because that gives you three hearts back instead ah, of okay. one or two. But um, you just building the castle does not win you the game. Oh. You still have to yeah. That's that's something that you you find out the first time you build a castle. You're like <laughs> fuck. You still either have to. Do you, but can you? What happens if you move into it? You to move in. You ha- like you can't just move in unless you. To, you like have to become the like okay. sovereign or whatever, yeah. and, and you can do that either through military might or through um, charm. You can convert the opponent's castle or you can ransack it. Well, so yeah, I've, I never actually ransacked anything, but if you if you sow chaos or whatever in their their thing, it just like the castle now becomes available for you to take over. Oh, hmm. um, you don't even have to build your own then. Correct. Um. But yeah, so like, and that's, but that's the the decision you kind of have to make is whether you're going to try to go for like a charm based victory or a military based victory or whatever. Um, and the charm lets you do a lot of things very easily. Uh, but then military 
also lets you do a bunch of things really easily. Either you can like recruit new people either way. If you give, if you do taverns, you can brawl, which gets you new people. And if you go the like charm route, you can go to the inns and recruit people. So, really, brawling gives you new people. Yep. If you win, huh? And if you just have, if your might is a certain level, you always win. Right. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, this game seems neat. Yeah, it was. It's. It is like a. Uh, an interesting set of systems and resources that like the exploration of them is, is neat and fun. And it takes like a couple hours to sort of grasp basically all of them and then you're done and it's cool. You know, like it's a good scale of game. Yeah. It is a really good scale of game. Yeah. It's, it's enjoyable in that way. Well, speaking of games at scale, what are we doing for the next assignment? I believe we are playing, uh, the Lara Croft go, is that yeah that is what we agreed on you play go but it's against Lara Croft (laughs) yeah she throws all your little black stones off a cliff (laughs) Um, so this will be interesting I've heard that it's better than Hitman Go which I found very confusing and then everyone made fun of me for being. I played a little bit of it at PAX actually like there was I was walking past an iPad and there it was it's very Sokoban cool it's uh, very like tile-based puzzle game like skipping stones to lonely homes like a good snowman is hard to build like Sokobond ladder uh, mirror shoots and ladders mirror aisles mining game oh there was yeah I forget what that one's called Fuck. leg Ladder, mirror, leg. P- pullying what my leg. leg. Pull it. You're pullying my leg. Yeah. Okay, it had fucking leg in it. It did. I, all <laughs> right. Listen. All right, guys. <laughs> Kevin, if somebody wanted to send us a listener's mail for our listener's mail segment, how would they go about doing that? Uh, they would go to our website, videogameshotdog.com, and go to the form, which would fill in with details of questions or comments that you might have about video games and our thoughts on them this section has gotten so short because that is the only answer anymore yep. you know what uh, you know what you ought to do you ought to go uh give us a review or a rating on itunes you ought to tell a friend you gotta telephone a friend and telephone your friend and say <laughs> ring 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 friend that's how you start a telephone conversation you should listen to video games hot dog it's a podcast by some cool dudes you can tell they're cool because they're sunglasses except riff who did not have sunglasses that day <laughs> you should figure Question. out how to add us to stitcher because figure out how to mine was complaining that we were the only podcast that he listens to that isn't on Stitcher. I don't know what Stitcher is. Yeah, I I don't know either. I've heard of it, but I've never used it. Uh, Here's a question. Are we still, like, in the top 300 video games podcasts? I think so. Are we, have we moved up at all? Are we still, like, in the, so you, so you don't know. You don't know. Okay, I'm going to scroll through this bullshit. While we're on the air, yeah, yeah. why not? Let's gonna, do this. I'm gonna find a podcast app. Let's train hot dog this shit. This is a, yeah, it's quality content like this is how we're gonna say top charts video games. <laughs> top charts, audio. top charts. Wow. All right, I'm, just, is, I'm gonna assume that we're in the 200s. It's like a and chart, all but it comes out of the top of your head. Oh <laughs> God, top charts. <laughs> It's like a blowhole for a way you know oh. i'm thinking i'm thinking i'm thinking like a samurai 260 260 okay, okay. all right you're almost Guys, in the eight bit get need, us up there we need some work we need we need uh, we need some more reviews and we need uh about a billion more listeners <laughs> stars 
Gentlemen, I've had a wonderful time recording this episode of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I hope we do it again real soon. And listeners, I hope you'll join us. And until you do, keep your leg on the microwave and keep licking the television. Good night, everybody. Till next week. Have a great week, everybody. Oh, you wanted non-dick jokes. Oh, you should have told me. (laughs) 